0: Uh, We're starting a new series today. It is something that's very important for us to know about. I hope that that comes through uh, just kind of on this opening, uh, this is kind of the introduction to the whole topic. And some of you guys are are, uh, very familiar with uh, spiritual warfare. For some of you guys, spiritual warfare is going to be like a brand new thing that maybe you haven't heard that much about, Uh, but we're going to get into it. Uh, It by no means is going to be comprehensive and cover, it's not going to cover everything, Uh, but I I hope that we get into it enough that it begins to open up some questions and some maybe perspectives that we can have that will help us as we move forward. Um, You know how when you're a kid, well, when I I was growing up, one of the first things I remember, you you remember that moment when you were learning how to, your, your parents finally said, okay, you can learn, you can cross the street, right? And the first lesson that you had to learn when you crossed the street was what? Yeah, right? Look both ways. I mean, everybody is like, look both ways. You miss one way, that's not, if you catch one way, miss the other, that may not help you. So look both ways. It, it's, it's a simple concept, but really it starts growing over time because it has everything to do with just make sure you're aware of your surroundings, right? Make sure you're taking all the information in that you need in order to walk safely wherever you're going. And so, um, It's important that we know that throughout the Bible, one of the things that we're told is that we don't live in just one, but we live in two very distinct worlds at the same time. There's the physical world with its people and its objects and this material stuff and the jobs and the environments that we're in and timelines that we have. But we are also a part of a spiritual world. And in the spiritual world, there are angels, there are demons, there are powers, there's callings, there's authority, there's this eternal timeline that's active in that place too. And um, these worlds, they interact with each other, they affect one another. What happens in one affects the other. What happens in the other uh, can affect uh, back to the first again. And the question is, is as we walk through these two worlds, do we have that same concept that we were taught as children in our heads? Do we have the same thing going through our minds of make sure that you're looking both ways, right? Because if we don't, we often find (laughs) that um, things catch us out of one of these worlds or out of the other worlds. We know what the consequences are in this world, right? We know how to evaluate. If we look outside and it's raining, we're like, oh, I know how to prepare for that. I either get my rain jacket or I just stay inside, right? We know that if we have a test coming up in school, it's like, oh, I know how to get ready for that. I I prepare for that. I, I study. And if I don't study, I can't expect to do well on the test. But how do we do when we're looking at, we're evaluating, we're navigating and preparing for how we walk through this other world, the spiritual world? Because that's what we're going to be looking at over the next several weeks. In the book of Ephesians, we're told that not only do we live in these worlds, not only are there dynamics, but actually in the spiritual world, there is a war. There's a battle that's going on in in that world. And it is going on constantly. And if we're not looking to both sides of that equation as we walk through our lives. If we're not looking to the the dynamics of this physical world but also the dynamics that are going on in this spiritual battle that's going on, we will be blindsided over and over and over again. And we won't know where it's coming from because we're not looking that way. So we're going into a series for the fall. It's gonna be on spiritual warfare. It's literally this battle that we're in is the fight for our lives. It is what determines, it not just determines, but it is so fundamentally important for us to understand. It is the fight for our lives. So to start out, we're gonna, look at, we're gonna be looking through Ephesians 6 for the whole series, but we're gonna start in Ephesians 6, verse 11 through 13. So if you stand with me, we're gonna hear these important words that God has given to us. Now, some of you guys, I encourage you a couple weeks ago, bring bring a Bible, because um, I mean, we will literally be walking through some of this stuff, and I'll be, you know, we'll be jumping around to some other passages. But if you want to uh, bring your Bibles, and you can read along with this as well. But this is Ephesians 6 11 through 13. It says, finally be strong in the Lord. Now, he says finally because he's just this is the end of the book. The whole book sets this up. But he says, so finally, be strong in the Lord in the strength of his mighty power. He talked about that strength, and mighty power. We looked at that even last week when we said, we need to pray this prayer that God show us that power that's at work, at work in us, right? Be strong in that strength of his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and the, the powers against the world forces of this darkness and against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. You guys, I just wanna jump on this and I'm just gonna ask one question. How many times have you been in something and you go and, and you try and try and fix the, the, the things that are kind of the dynamics that are at work in this world and it doesn't do you any good, nothing changes? Because the reality is there are so many times we're in situations that the dynamics, what we're fighting is not flesh and blood, it's spiritual powers. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Guys, just these three verses, they are packed with things that we need to understand, things that we don't often think about a lot. Now, if we lived in a physical world that we were in a war zone, we would, be, we would be aware, wouldn't we? I mean, when we went to cross the street in that kind of situation, we wouldn't be looking both ways. We'd be looking everywhere because we'd be looking everywhere all the time because it wouldn't be just two ways that, that things could be coming from. So here we are in the spiritual war and we can't see it with our physical eyes, but we need to be aware of it. And So God is making us aware of it and we need to know how do we prepare for this fight? How do we prepare for this fight of our lives? That's what we're gonna be talking about in the next several weeks, okay? So you guys ready for that? Okay, don't miss it if you don't have to. This is important stuff. Today's message is titled, An Unseen World. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we need you to open our eyes. We, we started praying that prayer last week. God, open our eyes so that we can see what is the hope of our calling, so that we can see what is that, the incredible riches that you have invested in your inheritance in the saints. Let us see that great power, the strength of your might that is at work in us, the same power that is at work, of the same magnitude as the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That is what is working in us. Open our eyes to see these things and we need you to help us to see these things because we need to know not just that we have them, but we are in a battle, a fight for our lives and we need to know how to use them. We need to know how to walk with you and align with you in such a way that it changes the dynamics. We take advantage, really, of, of the victory that Jesus has won. We take advantage of the dynamics that you have already laid out. Because, Father, you have, you have won this war. Jesus, at the cross, you won this war. This is not, this is not us just fighting to try and win this war. It's, just, it's the cleanup operations. This after the war has been won. So teach us how to walk in that victory. Teach us how to walk in that power, how to walk in that hope, how to walk in that awareness of who we are. Father, it's gonna take you opening the eyes of our minds, of our hearts, to see these things. And only your spirit can do that. So we pray these things in your name, Father, for your glory. This is, this is your plan. In the name of your son, Jesus, because this is what he died for. In the name of your Holy Spirit, because he is the only one that can work these things in us. In your name. Amen. Amen. Have a seat. Okay, so we've all seen that movie, haven't we? That movie where the... The good guys are in the car and they're driving away. They just came through this harrowing time. They just barely escaped, but now they're in the car and you know the soundtrack's playing all this nice music and, and they're driving along and they're all happy. They're finally relieved. They're like, oh, good, we got away. And they're all laughing with each other and they're just driving down and everything seems great. Everybody in the is kind of let down their guard and they're like, oh, good, they got away. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere... The bad guys come and T-bone the car, right? And they just, and the thing flips over and everybody in the theater jumps, right? And you hear the screeching metal and you hear the, you know, you see the shattering glass. And so what had been relaxed and just happy all of a sudden becomes chaotic, becomes mayhem, right? That's what it is to be blindsided. So the question is, how many of you guys have experienced being blindsided in your life? Right? You're driving along just like that car, right? Everything's happy, everything's good, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom! It may have been a relationship, right? It was a relationship you thought was going well. Everything like seemed happy and good. You, you had, had your problems, but you seemed to have gone through them. You got through them, and all of a sudden, crash! Everything falls apart, right? It may have been it may have been your health right you're you're going along great you're you're strong you're healthy you never had a bad doctor visit and then one day you show up at the doctor's office you're going in for a routine checkup and there's this diagnosis that comes across and boom everything unravels it may have been it may have been that it was your job it may have been uh maybe just your emotional health it may have been your your financial stability it, it could have been any number of things but but many of us have experienced this being blindsided because blindsided can happen anywhere. That's the whole thing about being blindsided, right? You're not ready for it. It Can happen anywhere. It can come through so many different ways. But sometimes blindsided, it's sometimes it's not always because we're not paying attention in this world. Some of you guys are great planners. You you have everything lined up. You have everything figured out. You have all. You've made all the right decisions. Sometimes it's not about that you're not paying attention to this world. Sometimes it's because we're not paying attention to this other world that we're a part of. And in that world, we can be blindsided as well. And it can affect this one. So God tells us what? He tells us, be ready. He says, get ready. He says, suit up. Be aware, look both ways in your lives. First Peter 58 it tells us be prepared be on the alert because your adversary the devil prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour i want you to know if the devil every time he showed up had horns and a pitchfork and a red tights and you know if he looked like that we could avoid him but in fact in scripture it says he shows up sometimes looking like an angel of light he looks like the one bearing the best news we could ever hear 1 Corinthians 3 through four, it says, though we live in the flesh, we don't do our battle according to the flesh because the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. We're not even equipped to do battle here well. It says, but instead they're divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses, destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. Because in the knowledge of God, in knowing him, and not just knowing about him, but walking with him, knowing him, that's where our strength is found. That's where our refuge is found, right? We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, at this point, some of you guys may be thinking, oh, hold on, hold on a second, time out, right? I thought that the spiritual world was just like me and God and love and Maybe some of those flowy, floaty angel things, right? I just thought, what's all this about battles and warfare and strongholds? And I didn't, I, I, I didn't know about this. No, the, battle, the, the Bible regularly throughout from beginning to end is clear. It, whether we pay attention to it or not, whether we say we believe it or not, the Bible clearly says that no, we live in two worlds. And in one of them, there is a war. Going on constantly. Where here is God with his forces, which are his, his holy angels and his holy people. And there is a struggle that goes on between them and then this, this kingdom of darkness. This kingdom that involves fallen angels and fallen powers. Fallen and those who are fallen people, not because they're not because sometimes. You know, Jesus, when he died, he said, God, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. Not because they always know what they're doing. Sometimes because they're just being manipulated by these powers that do know what they're doing. He says, be aware, there's a, there is a battle going on. And this kingdom of darkness is, opposes all that God is about and seeks to undo all of his good work, which he intended for you and intended for this world. The fact is, the fact is that even though, I mean, just because you're, you're this amazing, powerful, beautiful creation of an image bearer of God himself, and we think, oh, that just, that means that I'm, 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 this life should be easy, right? No, it just means that you're a bigger target. You're target by the one who doesn't just hate you because of you, hates you because of who you represent, of who you reflect, because of how much that one hates God himself. God himself hates Jesus Christ and hates how much God loves you. So just because you're this amazing person, which you are, it just means that you're a bigger target for this one who hates the God who loves you. And that's the war we're in. So Ephesians says, you gotta suit up. You gotta suit up. You gotta be ready. So over the next couple weeks, we're going to be looking, the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at these verses that follow in Ephesians 6 that talk about this equipment that God gives us, that he gives us to suit up in, because these are the weapons of our warfare. These are the things that allow us to be protected, allow us to fight this battle well, allow us to fight and to stand in the victory that Jesus has won. So we're gonna be looking at that. But today, I just wanted to get started by getting oriented to kind of the the battlefield, to getting oriented to some of the highlights and the things that we really need to be paying attention to. One of these is about our adversary. Now, in in these verses, the first thing that we need to understand about our adversary, because many of us get this wrong, um, Satan is not fighting this battle on his own. He's not just this one guy out there causing all these problems. A lot of times people say, oh, Satan really messed me up today, right? No, it probably wasn't him. Um, He's he's not omnipresent like God is. He doesn't get to go everywhere. Satan's probably up kind of making up the strategies, but he has these forces. It talks about these principalities and powers and world rulers and spiritual forces. Now, these aren't the only ones that are there. If you go throughout scripture, there are all kinds of other names that are given to them. There are all other kinds of assignments that are given to these. There are the demons, there are the unclean spirits. The, there's all kinds of things. Now, we're not going to dig into all that. If you wanna do an interesting study, go into scripture and find out how many different kinds of descriptions of these, these spiritual beings that are opposed to God, how many descriptions there are and how many names there are for them. We're not gonna be looking at that. We're not gonna be digging out all the names and finding out all the agendas, but we do need to understand a couple of things about these. One, they are spiritual. Our battle's not flesh and blood. So you guys going out and wrestling all the people in your lives that seem to be causing your problems is not gonna help because the people are typically, we're just being yanked around by these spirits oftentimes. And so we're in battles that have more to do with these battles that are going up above and we're not even paying attention to that. You don't fight the people, you fight the spirits. You fight in the spiritual realm. You don't have the power to fight all the people that are against you in your life. You have been given the authority in Christ to fight all the spirits that are arrayed against God and his plans. So one, they're spiritual, they're not flesh and blood. And two, they are a big deal. Sometimes we think of you know these um, demons. We almost think of them as like trivial. These little like um, almost like little gargoyles that you know in the movies they kick them with their feet. You know and they go bouncing off or whatever. No, no, they've been around for a long time. They've been doing this for a long time. They are powerful enough that they stand against God Himself at times and slow Him down. You know Jesus when He was on. You guys, I'm gonna man, I gotta watch the time because. <sighs> I'll get going. Jesus, when he was on earth, one of the things he, read about it. He would say to this demon, he'd say, be quiet and come out. What would that demon do? Well, we say, well, he'd get out. No, he'd scream as loud as he could. He said, be quiet and get out. And what does the demon do? He screams as loud. A command from the son of God himself, and they scream in his face. So these aren't just you know little trivial powers. These are demons that, man, if they'll stand like that against Jesus, imagine how they'll stand against you. Especially if you're just trying to stand in your own power. So a couple of things we need to know. Principalities, they appear to be these spiritual beings that are actually behind the governance and the influence of nations and empires. Okay, that's big. Try and take that on yourself. Powers, powers appear to be these spiritual beings that are more like mercenaries, so they work kind of across national borders and this type of thing. They have specialties like violence and economic control and war and sickness and fa- Try and take that on, right? How'd you guys do standing on your own against a pandemic? Anybody, right? No, not so well. How do you do when a war breaks out if you just try and stand on your own and stand? No, not do... World rulers is a word in Greek that was used for these heavenly bodies that represent the small g, the gods, right? And these gods, these small g gods were these heavenly beings that basically controlled and manipulated and kind of interfered and influenced just the ongoing lives of humanity, right? And then spiritual forces of wickedness appears to be, they appear to be these, um, these beings that, that they just they kind, they may even appear to us to be like helpers or, or or you know all of these they they may appear as these angels of light but in fact they have these e- evil intent and they mess with our lives and all of these are presented as these powers that are far too large for us to take on on our own if God is not on our side we will lose this battle and if we do not stand with the people of God as the community of God's people, as the body of Christ, we will fall. Those two things. So it is about us as individuals, but it's also about these other two parts. It's about God, it's about his community. That's the second thing I want us to take away. The first thing I want us to take away is these things, are, they're spiritual and they're big. It's important. We need to know what we're going up against. The the second thing, though, is that there are these three layers that we need to be engaged in at all times. Otherwise, we're going to fail. The three layers are basically there's a personal layer that, yeah, I'm fighting a spiritual battle in my life personally. I'm engaged in it both on my behalf and on behalf of others who I'm praying for and, and, and that type of thing. But also there's the God layer, right? There's the God layer. That if I'm not engaged with God in the midst of this battle, if I'm, not, if I'm not in sync with where he's at, that's not gonna work. And then there's the community layer, that us layer, that is God's people. The third thing that we need to know about in this is we need to know what are these, so these verses, they also refer to what are called the schemes of the devil. Because this is the actual, this is kind of that ground level working of how Satan actually does this stuff. We need to know that you know, these spiritual powers, they've been at this for a while and they're not just taking random shots at us. They're not just making stuff up out of nowhere. They're not just trying this and trying that, seeing what sticks. Um, they're well-informed. They're um, very smart. They, they take very well-intentioned, well-planned, well-executed shots at us, just like they did with Jesus. If you look at the life of Jesus and you see where Satan tried to insert himself to destroy the ministry that Jesus was doing, it was very um, well-planned out and it used all of, his, um, all of his resources. So from the time he was a baby, when, he was trying to, when Herod was trying to put him to death, to the time that he was, he was uh, in his ministry and he was opposed uh, during the course of his ministry... Uh, you can see it when he, when he was uh, even in the wilderness and he was tested by the evil one. And the questions that were asked were, these were God-level questions. These weren't questions that we would have survived. These are questions that were aimed at the son of God and then finally at his crucifixion where he thought he had won, but then Satan finds out he lost. So where does he turn his attention? Lost that battle, victory's assured, but where does he turn his attention? He turns it to the other, those next two layers, Right? turns it to us as individuals. He turns it to us as a community. And so what we find is um, these schemes, these ways that he goes at this. So what are some of the ways he does it? Well, in our passage, it says, you know, the, one of the first verses, it says, put on the, uh, the armor of God. And that phrase, put on, what it's talking about is, you know, put on this, if you put on a certain outfit, you can't wear another. I look around this, this room and I don't see many of you guys trying to do two outfits at one time. Right? Because it doesn't work, especially when it's something like armor. You put on armor, you're going to be known by that armor, right? Well, how many of you guys stood in front of the mirror this morning and go, nah, not that shirt, right? Not that boss, not not that outfit, right? I'm going to have to change that one. Well, how many of us stand in front of the mirror with the armor on and we go, man, I can't go out looking like this? Because Satan, one of his schemes is he's going, you're going to look like a fool looking like that. In this culture, Right? Because this culture doesn't have a whole lot of room for the fashion of God's spiritual armor, does it? Right? When this culture talks about truth, they don't like talking about God's truth. They like talking about our own truth, my truth. I want to walk around in my truth, not God's truth. When it talks about, you know, God's righteousness, God's righteousness, that's old-fashioned. That's archaic. That's old. That's passe. That's so yesterday. I need, to write, I need to walk in a new kind of righteousness, my own. Peace isn't gained through like the hard work of like righteousness and, and, and reconciliation and forgiveness. And instead, it's by canceling, it's by manipulation, it's by oppression and power over, it's by, it's by right, force. So to put on this armor means to be known by God, as God's own. And it means that we're not wearing other outfits. And so one of Satan's schemes is to make you feel like you're an idiot for doing that, for following Jesus, for living like him. He also loves to take advantage of our weak points. So he pokes at the belt of truth, right? Tries to raise doubts. He tears at that, at that breastplate to try and find out if there's any way he can, he, if he can rip open kind of divisions within, within our, our community. He, he pulls at that, that, um, that piece or that, that helmet of salvation. He says, man, that thing's getting heavy. You know, one of the last verses in this passage, it says, it's not, not put on, but take up the armor of God. And that's not paying, it, it's not focusing on what it looks like. That's then focusing on, on, on what it feels like to carry this thing around. It says, take it up, carry it. One of the things that Satan loves to do is tell you how heavy it's getting, how hard it's getting to keep trying to, to keep pushing in. It's hard to keep working at unity, isn't it? It's hard to keep living with each other and forgiving each other when somebody does the same thing over and over and over again. It's hard. It's hard to conform to God's ways instead of our own. It's hard to keep trusting him at times when he doesn't even seem to be there, right? And so Satan tells us, you know, he he tries to pound at us and get us weary so he can get us to take this armor off. Sometimes Satan comes and his scheme is to take us head on. And so he starts to threaten you. You start to get this foreboding sense of, man, something's going to go horribly wrong in my life. It's going to go horribly wrong in my relationships or in my finances or in my job or in my, just my well-being. It's just going to be, and you just start buckling under this threat or else the circumstances start making it look like everything's going wrong in your life and that there's no hope for you. James 4, 7 says, you know what? If we just resist the devil, he'll flee from us. But you gotta stand firm to do that, right? You gotta resist him. So if that doesn't work, if the head-on approach doesn't work, then he comes in sometimes from that soft kind of other side. kind of tries to lure us off. He tries to seduce us out. He tries to kind of tempt us away from. He gives us what we want sometimes. He tempts us what we think we need to get us away from this battle, away from these things. He he tries to get us fat and happy and just kind of napping. He tries to make us think that we're in this car and nothing could go wrong, right? Just before he T-bones us and blindsides us. So he distracts, he distorts, he deceives, he misinforms, he misdirects, because this is what he does. These are the schemes of the evil one. Sometimes he has his principalities attacks, like when the emperor Nero in the first century started persecuting and killing as an official act of the state, Christians. Sometimes he, he uses his powers to get involved where wars will break out, and it doesn't matter whether you're Christian or not, he's gonna kill you, right? Sometimes he attacks through his, these, these small g gods of this world, and we see these factions rise up and they start wrestling with each other about who's the greatest savior, and then it breaks out and it just starts destroying each other's lives. Sometimes he uses these spiritual forces of wickedness to tempt the followers of Jesus away with stuff. You guys, we gotta be aware of this. We live in a very affluent society as a whole, and he will tempt us away. If he can't beat us down, he will tempt us away. He will get us to just drift off and choose other things to be our gods. These are some of his schemes, they're not all of them and he is good at what he does. He gets us to fall away, fall back. He's been at it a long time. What we're gonna find over the next several weeks is that we're going to look at these pieces of armor and these pieces of armor are specifically developed to give us um, the ability to stand firm against specific schemes of the evil one. For example, the belt of truth is given to stand firm against his, his lies because that's one of his, his main schemes is that he would lie, he would distort, he would deceive, he'd tell us lies about God, he'd tell us lies about us, he tells lies about those around us, he'd tell us anything to keep us from understanding the truth and standing firm against what he is about and against him being able to destroy our lives and everything that God has is developing. So, Three things we need to know, and I want you guys to know on the way out of here. One, our enemy is spiritual and he is very powerful. You need to know that. Two, we need to know who our enemy is, but we need to also know who our allies are. We cannot do this one alone, right? We need to be engaged not just personally, but with God and with the community of God's people. That's two. Third is we need to understand Satan's schemes. We need to understand the schemes so that we can address them by suiting up and by standing firm with the weapons, with the equipment that God has given to us. Okay. So over the next couple weeks, several weeks, not couple, several, we're going to um, take some time. I would encourage you to be reading through chapter six of Ephesians, especially verse 10 and on. I would encourage you to read the whole of of Ephesians, because everything in Ephesians leads up to that, so you can get some context for it. But I encourage you to read these, these verses. And three things, think about, think about this. Think about where have you seen the enemy at work? Where have you seen the enemy at work in your life? Where have you seen the principalities or the powers or the, these world rulers or these spiritual forces, whether in your life or in this world that we live in? Where are you seeing them at work? so that you learn to recognize that we're not just walking. You're looking both ways, right? You see what's going on in the world, but you also see what's going on in the spiritual world. The second is this. Think about think about what it would mean to let God be more, to engage with God more as you walk through this life so that you're not trying to take all this on on your own. What does it mean to let God have a greater greater say or greater place in your life, to let his truth, his righteousness, his word, his, his faithfulness, have, let that have a greater place in your life. And what does it mean to, ha- to let the, the people of God have a greater place in your life? Because we were not meant to stand alone. We're meant to stand as one together as the body of Christ, him as the head, us as the body, putting on this armor. But third is this. Think about where you've been blindsided, Right? Where these schemes have actually come into play? How is it that Satan plays you? How is it that he takes advantage of you? Where have you seen it? What are the the common ways that he just, just finds his way in? Because these are the things that God is going to call you to personally equip yourself so that you can stand firm against him. Where have you seen him at work in schemes in this body, trying to tear us apart, trying to tear this thing up that God is doing in this place? Because that's where God wants to, us to equip ourselves to stand against him and to stand firm. Think about what it means to be God's own and to be his people, right? Think about this week. Read through Ephesians, but think about what does it mean to look both ways, right? What does it mean to be, look both ways as we walk through this life? And in this world, we're in the fight of our lives, Right?